Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So, pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one, as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. Welcome back to the Central Station Podcast. My name is Steph Coombs and I'm your host. In this episode, I'm sitting back down with Tom and Annabelle Curtin, who you may remember from episode one. It's been six months since we recorded that episode, and while I was back in the Northern Territory this week, I thought I'd catch up with them and see what's been going on, because it's only been six months, but they have managed to fit a lot into it. Today's episode is sponsored by GME. Since 1959, GME has been an Australian-owned family company and remains the only Australian manufacturer of UHF CB radios, with their products designed, engineered and manufactured in Sydney's northwest. GME's products cover a range of recreational activities, from fishing to four-wheel driving and touring, in addition to catering for heavy vehicles and agriculture. GME have released a limited edition range of pink products, to raise money for the McGrath Foundation to assist in their tireless efforts of funding regional breast care nurses and supporting families in communities across regional Australia. You can find out more by finding them on Facebook, Instagram or at gme.net.au. Tom and Annabelle, I can't believe it's been six months since we last chatted and you guys were the very first episode on our podcast. Um, so it feels like time has flown by, but I know you guys have managed to fit a lot into the last six months. What's been happening? Jeez, it has gone pretty fast, hasn't it? Great to be back, Steph. Thanks for coming back around again, by the way. No worries. But, um, yeah, we have jam-packed a fair bit in. I think since the last time we spoke, we were, um, yeah, doing a lot of shows, um, here and also traveling. We've, um, packed up the... Catherine Outback experience, and we had to do a few shows over in um, Kununurra, then back up to Darwin for the Fred's Pass show, done a fair few events up at the casino, on the lawns of the casino up there, where we took the uh, three or four horses and six dogs and the music gear to do a fair few functions up there for people, so as well as running, uh, I don't know, up to 10, 12 shows here during the week, so it has been pretty full on to be honest it's just starting to slow down now isn't it we had a few um live music events here as well which were good fun we had luke o'shea and limbo tell come through and more recently sarah stora oh wow really so that was that was pretty cool as well and we've had a few dinners and long table lunches and yeah kids days workshops what was the um show that you played in kununurra um, so we were actually asked to open for the Ord Valley Muster, which was pretty special. So um, obviously that's quite a significant event that, that runs over, I think about 10 days, doesn't it? A week? Yeah. A week? 10 days? Yeah, that's a pretty huge event. Was um, that the one where Amy Shark and Pete Murray played this year? It was. It was. That's Unfortunately, cool. we didn't get to see Amy Shark and Pete Murray. I was a bit disappointed. 
um, but we had to be back here to do shows. So we, I think we performed about a week before them, um, and it was something the guys hadn't done before, so they put a bit of faith into us, and hopefully we <laughs> pulled it off. But it was a big night. I think it was about a 1,000 people came out. Wow. Locals, it was sort of targeting the locals. It was a beautiful night. Um, it was a good opportunity to test our horses and the dogs with fireworks and kids, lots of kids. Yeah, kids everywhere, weren't they? <laughs> and then so you guys have been up to Darwin as well? Yeah, we've had quite a few events in Darwin this year. Um, so we've, um, I guess we're always looking at diversifying our product um, and our market. So we've done a lot of work in the business events, corporate type market. Um, so uh, funnily enough, I think we were in Kununurra on that Friday and then we had to leg it up to Darwin to perform on that Sunday. So that was a pretty big weekend. Uh, and that was actually for the Fred's Pass show. But um, we've had quite a few corporate events uh, up in Darwin. We've got a really good relationship with the Mindle Beach Casino Resort. Um, we've done quite a few events there now on the lawn. So it's not... I don't think there's many places in Australia or the world where you can... Bring horses and dogs straight into the lawn on a casino overlooking a beautiful beach and sunset. Yeah, so when you guys hit the road, it's not just like a regular musician that kind of has to pack up all their gear and go. You guys have to take dogs, horses, trucks, trailers, all the kind of stuff. But you guys must be have such a routine down pat to pack everything up and unpack it again. Yeah, we've got some checklists, don't we? We're getting better at it every time. <laughs> have you ever left so. anybody behind? <laughs> yeah. I think we have. We've... Yeah, I think I've left a horse behind. You did one. We got, we got to an event and I said, where's such and such Tom? And he's like, he's there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I said, I should have checked. Clearly wasn't legend. You'd never leave legend behind, right? No, no we won't forget legend. legend. <laughs> wasn't legend, but there was another horse. So um, we, had to, we did that show and then, yeah. But, you know, you learn by your mistakes, don't you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, see how we go. It's all right, makes for a good story. And I know you've released a single since we last spoke, um, which you were telling us about in the last episode. Tell For anybody who hasn't had a chance to listen to it, can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, it's just a song that um, I suppose was very inspired as we travelled on the last tour. We went through Queensland, um, Julia Creek, Richmond, over towards Townsville. And then, you know, just seeing these... A lot of people out there suffering on the land. They turned up to our shows and you could see they're really battling the drought. They someone been hand feeding for seven years and we really tried to put on some shows over there, um, you know, just so they could get their worries for the night. But then we did about three and a half months tour to Sydney, Melbourne and back again with the horses and dogs and on the way back through up near um, you know, Longreach Winton, heading through Julia Creek. Um, you could see from the cab of the truck the landscape had changed, a lot of green grass and things, and but you could see a lot of dead cattle washed up against the fence lines from the from just sitting in the truck, you know, and it ripped my heart out. And I thought, man, we've got to really try to do something to help inspire people out here that um, you know they're still battling along, and there's just a, a certain resilience out here that is so evident with the people. And yeah, I um, teamed up with. Uh, my producer Garth Porter down in Sydney and I began writing a, a few lines and emailed them to him and we just kept on going back and forth and yeah I just had this crazy idea of potentially relearning the piano as I did as a kid and 
you could have this idea of having a grand piano in a set of cattle yards with all cattle, white Brahmins behind you, and um, you know, and then try to capture the faces of the of the people, the farmers out here battling. You know, so when I first said that to a lot of mates, they sort of laughed at me and said I was crazy. <laughs> and I get that a lot because I do think outside the box a lot, and um, you know, Annabelle says I'm quite creative in that space. He is a creative. I feel like that's a euphemism. (laughs) He comes in and he goes, Belsie, I've got an idea. (laughs) And I just shut down. I go, here we go again. Because I know what that means. It means I've got this idea. It's your turn to engineer it. (laughs) And she's great at engineering. So, yeah, we got it all up and rolling. We, um, so we began, we wrote the song with Garth down there in Sydney and then I really needed to capture what we're singing about to make it really powerful song in the film clip. So a fella called Harry Vick and his wife Jordan came to one of the shows. They're a young couple from down in Adelaide, and he had a big camera around his neck and um, yeah, a few GoPros and things. And then um, after the, I think it was after the show, I had a bit of a yarn to him, and then um, he asked if he could leave his combi van here that night and stay the night. And I, after dinner, I asked Annabelle, we're talking about them, and she said, no, I think he does. She looked him up on Instagram and Jordan. They've got massive followings on Instagram. And so I ran back down there and banged on the bus door and said, hey, mate, have you ever made a, a film clip before? And he said, no, what's involved? I said, we've got to do it on the cheap, mate. So, and he looked pretty hungry, so I reckon that, <laughs> you know, uh, we could work a deal out. So he stayed for another two or three weeks with Jordan, and... Um, we did a lot of filming around the Catherine region, got a lot of faces of different people and things. I was still breaking in horses here and doing the shows. So, you know, in between them, we're running around and staying up night, uh, late at night, editing with him. It was a lot of fun, a lot of work, but we just wanted to really squeeze every little bit of juice out of it to try to make the most emotional impact, you know, to get the word out there. So um, we did that and... Yeah, I think people can see it on YouTube now, uh, called We're Still Here. And, yeah, we've had an amazing response on social media, which is awesome. But it's, um, you know, it's... And even in the clip, I didn't really want myself in there, you know. I thought the piano would be cool. But even that, we cut back and got more faces to put in there because I just felt that it wasn't really about me. It's about the faces are so much more powerful in this particular song and it portrayed an awesome image and a message out there that if we could capture that, we could, um, you know, sort of band together and, you know, unite everyone still out on the land, battling the drought, the fires, uh, you know, the recent floods earlier in the year. And, um, you know, they do stick together. They get up every morning and um, put one foot in front of the other and, and still have a go. So I find that, you know, quite powerful. And I just really wanted to try to capture that and put it into this song. I think the song speaks for itself, but if you could say something directly to anybody listening right now who is going through hard times, particularly in agriculture and and what you kind of have in the song, what would you say to them? Yeah, I just said my heart goes out to them, okay? We, you know, I understand what they're going through. I tried to, you know, really get the message out there, but, yeah, I just think that it's going to get better, you know? And right now, a lot of people around the country are facing the toughest challenge, you know, in their life with um, with the weather conditions. But um, I, I honestly believe it's going to get better. And 
and already we've had so many messages from farmers and people around the country living in rural regions that have messaged and just said thanks so much for raising awareness with the We're Still Here campaign. And, you know, we have it's made us a conscious effort to go and ring up our neighbours um, more frequently, check in with them, invite them around for barbecues and things that we normally wouldn't really do, but we just wanted to, you know... Um, just become more involved and more aware of the people around us, particularly with all the, um, you know, comes with the suicide and things on on the land. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, and, yeah, we just thought that we could actually get these caps made up with We're Still Here on the front and um, we could get them. They're getting manufactured at the moment and um, people will be able to pre-sale them on the website soon where ten dollars from every cap will go back to drought angels to help out and also shirts we're getting stone color shirts made up called we're still here on one side catherine out back on the other and again ten bucks from every shirt will go to drought angels to help out and if we can do that on the tour help raise awareness and give back i think um you know it's just our way of trying to raise awareness but also get other people on board to um share it around I think that's so brilliant what you just said about the feedback where people are reaching out, have said that as a result of the song they're reaching out to other people and checking in on neighbours because especially I know in Queensland and on the East Coast they've been in drought for quite some time but even up north this year where for some regions it's sort of the first kind of tough year um, in a while, I think a lot of people think I've just got to get through this, I've just got to get through this and they're kind of running around like mad just trying to keep everything afloat and it's so easy to to not stop and try and make time for yourself and reach out to other people. But then if it's not just one bad season, if it comes, you know, as it has in Queensland for several years in a row, then you can look back and all of a sudden it's five years and you just haven't stopped and looked after yourself or, or asked anybody else. So that's pretty powerful what people have, that feedback that you've gotten. Yeah, yeah, it's really important as well, um, I guess, that we are thinking about it and making a conscious effort to catch up with people because um, we would have done that at a camp draft or a rodeo, but with the likes of drought and, and funds being a bit tighter, that's not necessarily an option for some families now. A lot of drafts um, have been cancelled this year well across cancelled. the country. So those just those opportunities to sort of step outside of your own little world and just have a laugh, have a drink, have have a catch-up um, and be around people or, or to even, um, I guess, thrive off other people, that's sort of been removed to a degree. So it's just really important that, I guess, if we can raise awareness through this We're Still Here campaign. Um, and I know on top of that, a lot of people want to help, but they don't know how to help. Um, and we've been... It was heartbreaking for us on that tour because we came through Queensland and they were all in drought and we're kind of going along, going south, going, it's going to get better. And it actually didn't. And it was, um, I I remember thinking Tamworth was probably one of the worst places, Gunnedah, all that region was, it was tough. And we went further south and then we hit fires in Victoria, Mm. really. And we sort of, as we were leaving Victoria, those bushfires were quite quite um, extreme Uh, and then we came back through western New South and it was just it was a really um it was a pretty big experience for us but it was it was heartbreaking as well and I guess this is our way of helping and I know a lot of other people they want to help but they don't know how to and um, I guess through the message of this song to you know pick up a phone check in with mates 
or even uh, buy a shirt, buy a cap and know that money is going straight back to those on the ground helping those in need. So you've already released the first single off your new album, We're Still Here, and that went to number one on one of the charts, is that right? Yeah, yeah I think it did. Number one on the Australian Country Tracks chart, is I think that one's called. Um, and I think it's at number two at the minute, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, so that's special. It's a pretty good start to the new album. Um, what can we expect from the rest of the album? What What's it called? Are we allowed to know? Yeah, we're just, uh, we called the album We're Still Here because we had another couple of songs on there, but I just felt that this one um, was so powerful if we could just keep it all going and then it would run into uh, when we sell the shirts and hats, it would be all the same vibe. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully people get around it. But, um, yeah, we've got a few quirky songs, a few funny ones. I love doing some for the kids out there. So we've got one that we wrote um, all about the dance moves people do out there because the last tour, kids just went crazy when we turned up. And we do give a lot of CDs away, a lot of hats away to kids and things like that. For They get up and sing with us and show the dance moves. And, you know, there was a lot doing the worm and the floss. Um, the sprinkler, all these dance moves. So I, we wrote a song for that. The kids, yeah. Um, so that's good. I wrote one about hitchhiking when I met Annabelle. Um, yeah, how her father picked me up and that's how we met. And yeah, she's sort of travelling around in the cab of my truck and she's now sing, singing country music at the top <laughs> of a lung. So there's another, a few in there like that, you know. And a few serious ones too um, about why people are out living on the land and what gets them and motivates them and keeps them out here. So how long does it take to put together an, an album? And and not just an album, because it's not like you're just a full-time musician, like you're running a business and doing all this stuff. Like how do you balance that and, and what is the length? You know, how long has this baby been taken to, to bake? Yeah, it takes, it does take a long time, probably a couple of years. I try to do a, a CD these days, rush, roughly every two years. Um, and, yeah, you've got to really try to have good ideas for songs and then and then write the songs. So, yeah, I do write a lot of songs when I'm training horses and on the horses' backs. I find that, um, you know, as I'm trotting or cantering around their uh, hoof beats become a bit of a drum beat and the melodies come into my head. Otherwise, when I'm on tour driving the horse truck, I kick other people out of the truck sometimes just so I can concentrate. And a lot of songs come to me then when I'm traveling along. So, um, yeah, I love that little me time, I call it. I love Annabelle's nodding. Does this mean that you've been booted out of the cab of the truck? You betcha. Really? <laughs> no, but I think some of the best songs you've written is while you're on tour in the middle of nowhere, just driving big open roads in the truck on your own. I get a bit nervous because I usually follow him in the car and you can just, every now and then, I'm like, Tom, just let me cross that road a little bit. <laughs> and you know that he's deep in thought over some song that he's conjured up. But um, definitely some of the best songs you've written have been on tour, I'd say. Yeah, I don't know if they're any good or not, but um, <laughs> it is good. But then I, um, you know, I'm very involved with my producer, Garth Porter, down in Sydney. Um, in strictly professional way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your yeah. wife's sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's a great bloke and he's an absolute uh, master. And he's shown me, you know, he's got so much experience in the music world, uh, but also helped me a lot with songwriting over the years. This is, will be my fourth album with Garth. So, um, 
yeah, it just means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be able to just ring him up or send him an email and bounce songs back and forth. He just really shares my passion for writing songs about the Aussie bush and its characters. And so, yeah, it's great to, you know, you got to try to get the song idea and then start working on the lyrics. I love I love the lyrics of a song. They've got to be able to rhyme and have the same syllables in the sentence and things like that. And a really powerful chorus that, um, you know, I remember writing, just starting on We're Still Here and I was in Blackall, I think, heading back up. And, yeah, I think we had a show in Blackall. And that night, you know, just after the show and speaking to people and, you know, I began to write a little bit of the chorus and it started to give me goosebumps. And I said to Annabelle, I think this one's got something in it, you know, this song. And she went, yeah, whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's very, very supportive and I wouldn't be here without her. So... She's amazing. Nice but, backtrack there. Heard that on the phone. Nice save. <laughs> nice save. Yeah, nice save. <laughs> no, but it's, it is. It takes a long time, and then you've got to get to the studio and get all the musicians in to play on the track. And um, we've got a sound engineer, Ted Howard, down there, and he does an amazing job along with Garth Porter. And yeah, it, it would take a couple of a couple of years to get songs, you know, up and running. And then yeah. So yeah. when we got back from tour. It was March, it was still wet season, and Tom got back, pretty much got out of the truck, stepped onto a plane, and flew to Sydney, and left me here to set up the show alone, <laughs> in the yeah. heat and the rain. Because we only had two weeks, see, until we had to start 1st of April, so we got back mid-March, and then, yeah, I had, yeah, just went straight to there, and we started recording back then, um, and then... There was a couple of times I had to fly back during the year because I had Thursdays off with no shows. So I'd often jump on a flight. We'd finish, we'd sometimes have two shows on a Wednesday, um, 2.30 to 5, then 5.30 to 7 um, with different groups coming through. And so about 8 o'clock, I'd jump in the car, drive to um, Darwin, fly out to Sydney, get in about 6.30 in the morning, and then, um, yeah, to go in the studio all day, then fly out that night back to Darwin, back here for a show Friday afternoon. So Friday morning. Oh, sorry, yeah, Friday morning, 9.30. There you go. So it has been pretty full on, but you've got to sort of have a crack. So if I'm understanding this right, last wet season you went on tour, you came back, you launched pretty well straight back into your your tourist season this year where you just fly out with shows in amongst that you are doing other traveling shows the shows at your home base in Catherine you're flying to Sydney and you're about to finish up for this season in a couple of weeks but pretty well within a week or two after that you're heading out on tour again is that right yeah she drives me pretty hard I reckon (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I think um yeah I think because the album comes out you've really got to try to promote it you know so you've got to get it. And we love going to towns out the way, you know, that don't really get much entertainment. Mm-hmm. We love going to those rural communities and uh, they're very passionate and they're on our wavelength. And, yeah, I'm pretty... And we drop in, still drop into a lot of schools as well, spreading the Dolly's Dream message. So we'll do that as well. Um, yeah, but I am, I am thankful for Belsie. She's my best mate. And... Um, 
She's a bit of a cracker, I reckon. <laughs> She's all right. That's why I married her. She's a bit speechless. Um, tell us a bit about the tour. Where are you going this time? Who's coming with you? And what can people expect? So while Tom pulls up the itinerary, <laughs> yeah. uh, so we set off, I think we're going to set off here around about the 25th of November um, and straight to Cloncurry. Actually, I think we're going to do a show here for Catherine Locals mm-hmm. a bit earlier, a bit of a surprise, but um, no longer. <laughs> Guys letting all the cats out of the bag um, today. But yeah, we, our first show is in Cloncurry on the 29th of November. Yeah. And then we go to Winton. Here you go. Do you want to rattle them out? <laughs> rattle them out. And we have got... No, these are pretty much it, isn't it? So we've got uh, Winton on the 30th of November, Longreach on the 1st of December, Claremont the 6th of December, uh, Rockhampton 7th, Monto the 8th, uh, and then Bundaberg on the 13th, Widgee, uh, which is near... Down near Gympie, Gympie, on the 14th, and Sanford on the 15th, which is near uh, Brizzy. Uh, and then we pull up for a few weeks. And then we keep going. Do we want to hear the whole list? Yeah. Let's, we let's keep do going? Let's not. Time to kill. <laughs> so um, we pull up for a few weeks for Chrissy and New Year. And then we kick off again on the 3rd of January uh, with Cumbia in Queensland. Then uh, Toowoomba on the 4th. Gundawindi on the 5th. Uh, and then we are working on Stanthorpe on the 10th of January, which is quite timely, I think. They've had a pretty rough time lately. Um... On the 11th of January, we head to Mwilumba into New South Wales. Uh, 12th is Lawrence. Uh, 17th is Kempsey. 18th is Maitland. Then on to the Tamworth Country Music Festival, which will be good fun. Um, so we're doing the show quite a few times there with the horses and the dogs. That's a trotting club, isn't it? Uh, Paceway, yeah. Paceway, Yeah, indoor months. arena there. We went there last year and it was fantastic. Uh, then on to Coonabarabran, the Warren Bungles Mountain Motel, which is fantastic. Uh, on the 29th of January, uh, 31st, we're at Molong. Uh, the 1st of February, we are at Forbes, which we're really excited for because we haven't been there before. Uh, as well as uh, Hay on the 2nd of February. The 5th of February, we go back to Braidwood. So this one's a bit special because we actually went there last year. And the town, the locals there were just beautiful, as most of the places we went, but we got washed out. So we, I think we got about five minutes into the show and this oh, massive yeah. storm came over. All these people were there. Wow. Massive storm. We lost a bit of sound gear that night. Oh, it no. Was, it was a big storm. Uh, so we promised them. We said, look, next time we are on tour, we're going to do our best to come back. So we've kept our word, guys. We're coming back and we're doing a free show for you in Braidwood uh, as a thank you for supporting us last time. Um, then we go to Moama on the 15th of February. Oh, I skipped a few there, sorry, because we sneak back into New South. So we actually go 7th uh, of February, we go to Bansdale, which is amazing. We went there last year and loved it. And that's followed by Ballara on the 8th. Again, another incredible town, community. I think a population of 400 people. Uh, and it was our biggest show last year. It was amazing. Uh, then the 13th, we were at Mansfield. Uh, then the 14th, Trentham. And then I think we go to Moama. That's where Moama fits in. So we actually yeah. sneak back over the border to Moama. Then we start working down again. Um, on the 16th, we are heading to Barwon Heads, which is near Geelong. Um, then the 22nd, no, then we go Lucendale into South Australia. Holy hell! Yeah, that's got a story about that one too. 
Yeah, so these guys, oh, these guys were beautiful. So um, last year, and there's so many stories from all these places that we're visiting, but um, this family last year, I think, travelled eight hours. I think it was, was, it was quite a few kids, weren't there? Uh, in two, the car? Two kids, I think. Oh, right. I thought there were more than that. But there might be. Beautiful family. Um, it was one of their birthdays, and they travelled eight hours to come and see us in a town called Murchison, uh, in uh, Victoria because that was the closest we were getting to South Australia and they said hey next time you've got to come to South Australia and we said okay we're coming so they've got us heading to Lucendale where they live so we're a bit excited about that one um, but then we track back into Victoria uh, on the 22nd for Horsham 23rd in Mildura which I'm looking forward to that one because that's where Tom was born oh yeah true spent his first year in Mildura before That's moving right. up to Cumbia near Kingaroy. Uh, and then we moved back into uh, South Australia with Lindock on the 28th, Clare Valley uh, on the 29th, and Corn on the 1st of March. And then into the NT via Alice uh, probably on the 7th, and then home a few days later. If we're still alive. We're still alive. I'm just exhausted listening to that. And then... Um, Wet season is supposed to be downtime, guys. Did nobody ever tell you that? No, because two weeks after that, we kick off the tourist season and we do it all again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, who's coming on tour with you? There's Have you got some guests? We do. Um, so we've got Brie, Brianna Cook, Brianna Jane Horsemanship, who has worked for us this year and she's absolutely fantastic. Um, she does some brilliant. She goes bareback and bridalist. Oh, does Roman riding. Clever. Yeah, she's very, very skilled horsewoman. Yeah, yeah, and a great person. Are we announcing other people? Yeah, we can have. Um, I've got a good mate, Chris Matthews, who's a musician. Used to be based at Elquestro mm-hmm. um, Homestead for about six or seven years, doing the music over there. He's done a lot of travelling, but um, I just rang the other day to see if I could get a, someone to play banjo or mandolin for me. And he's very keen, so he'll be joining us. And I've got an older, older bloke called Bob. So a couple of years ago, we went down the West Coast um, and toured down there for a few months. And I Googled a mandolin player in Perth, and everyone pointed to this guy. So I twisted his arm and got him up here. And then last year, he came on a bit of the Queensland leg. He's about 60. But is, is that when I came on tour with you guys? Yeah, I think he was there. Bob's a legend. So yeah. It's pretty exciting because Bob... Yeah. He was cool. He's almost been there from the beginning now. Yeah. Um, and he was actually part of Before Our Time. Sorry, Bob, if you're listening. But he was part of a band called The Mucky Duck, which apparently was really popular in Perth. Um, and he's an absolute legend. And he, he's really cool. Like, he comes yeah. along and... It's just, yeah, it's going to be, I'm so excited about this team we've got. And then yeah. you've got your nephew, Sid. Oh, you? yeah, because my brother has got um, a few kids and one of them is called Sydney, who's about 13 and is going to boarding school down in Ashgrove now. But he messaged me on Facebook the other day and is um, just obsessed with horses and dogs and things and said, hey, Tom, any chance I'd be able to come on tour with you? And so I sent him through the dates and he said he might be able to knock off school a couple of days earlier to get down well here. Well played, Sid, and well then, played. And then his parents <laughs> rang me the other morning, didn't they? They said, um, do you know anything about Sydney going on tour with you? I said, I wouldn't have a clue what's going on. But they've okayed it. So um, Sydney will be on the first leg of Queensland tour It'll be for very three educational. Weeks. 
Yeah. It'd be a great experience. Geography? There's, yeah. uh, there's definitely a few elements we can bring into there. He's going to teach me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sydney's not going to be the only family member coming on tour, is he? There's going to... Just it? just remembering, for everybody, just to go back five minutes, and you heard Annabelle rattle off, what, like, 30 or 40... Do you know how many shows were there? I there think was there lot. was 30 I rattled off there. Yeah. A lot of shows. Who's 40. The, 40, oh, yeah. 40. Okay, 40. So, uh, who's the other family member that's coming along on tour? We haven't any pups. Not having any pups. I don't know what she's talking about. Oh, because um, oh, we found out the other day that Annabelle's in fall. Yes. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that. So, and uh, when is she due? About the 3rd of November. And the date today is 14th of October. So, luckily you found out just in time. Yeah, she's due, she's due in two weeks. <laughs> thought it'd been a stressful, stressful season. She's been emotionally eating. Yeah, I thought she was just. He's been putting me through through the ringer this year. You know, it hasn't been a break. It's new, another serious tourist season. New single, new album, new tour. Yeah, I just thought it was new great. baby. Why not? You know, I wanted to go on a honeymoon. We haven't been on a honeymoon yet, have we? <laughs> Well, he's just successfully got out of paying for that for the next 20 years. I'm still waiting on an engagement ring. (laughs) That'll happen. I bought her a horse instead of a... um... He sold my horse. When? He's selling my horse. It's on the market. Is that the one you're trying to sell me? (laughs) We haven't advertised it yet. It's just quite a mouth. It's not a bad horse. horse. It's not a bad horse. She's a very good horse. Yeah. But what do you... Don't you want to sell it? As long as you buy a ring with the money. Oh, <laughs> has the ring got to be worth that much? That... Oh, goodness, no. I'd prefer to put that into the maybe tour. caravan. Oh, the caravan. For the tour. <laughs> We've got some stories about camping. Remember that? Did we touch on that when we the... first went? Yeah, yeah. and you, yeah. That and one at, at Newman when you got the... Yeah. Yeah, and the swag. And then having night. a shower with a hose in Port Headland or something. Yeah, yeah. Tom has definitely put me through the ringer. Sent me a few challenges. I think the first year heading south from Catherine, um, he thought it would be a great idea to camp out in a swag. And I put that in inverted commas because it wasn't a swag. It was a mattress wrapped in a blue tarp. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that just doesn't surprise me no, like, to be honest no. and he tried to sell it to me for this really luxury thing and I'm going Tom I do know what a swag is uh, and I remember being on the gravel pit in Kununurra so just Kununurra is only 5 hours from here it was 44 degrees that day and I remember laying on that mattress and the heat was just coming straight up through cool. and I don't think we slept that night and then of course it was a bit hot wasn't it so it was pretty humorous uh, um, and that was the first night of about five or six on the road. Um, and then I remember on the way home, three, four months later, we had the adventure of a lifetime with floodwaters and in our swag, still in our swag, the mozzie net, the, the portable fan under the mozzie net. So are you upgrading from a swag this time now that you'll have a baby on the road with you? I think I deserve an upgrade. Please tell me it. you are upgrading. I think I've earned it. <laughs> yeah, I think we're... We'll um, look in to see if we can... Because the last couple of years, um, we've borrowed Mum and Dad's caravan and we've flogged it. Or, no, we haven't. We've <laughs> <laughs> looked after Mum and Dad have looked after it. It's, it's awesome. No, that, yeah, that was great. That but certainly spoiled me. But um, They sort of want the caravan back. I a two-person caravan with uh, four people in it. it there's just a few issues. Because we had, 
had some kids with us on the road, so that proved a bit of fun. But this year, hopefully, if all goes to plan, we might be upgrading, uh, which might make having a newborn baby on the road a bit easier, hopefully. People keep looking at me crazy, but I think it would be more crazy to stay home in the wet season with no one around me with a newborn baby. Probably getting 100 phone calls a day being, honey, do you remember this? Or did you plan this? Yeah. Well, you're definitely going to have a lot of stories to share by the next time we do a podcast because please document this. It will be easier than a two-year-old. It has to be easier than a (laughs) two-year-old. There's all these parents listening to this right now just laughing. It has to be easier than we a should, Yeah, we should Surely. Because like it can't crawl. It can't get away from you. You can put it in the cage. It's my like... theory. We'll just lock it in the dog kennel. Then we won't. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was okay. a joke, guys. That was a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. We don't endorse that. It could work. <laughs> no, I'll give it a crack. See what happens. Brilliant. And so if people um, think they heard their town being called out before and want to go find the list to make sure to see where the nearest show is to them, where do they go to find that information? Uh, so all that information is on our websites. So uh, katherineoutbackexperience.com.au or tomcurtain.com.au. Um, and some of those, at the minute, they're all on there. Some of those events will be going live in the coming weeks, so you can buy tickets. Others won't go live until the 1st of November, which is only a couple of weeks away anyway. Uh, and then uh, we'll also have some Facebook events going live very soon as well brilliant and you'll be playing songs from the new album on tour you'll have the album for sale and then the we're still here shirts and caps absolutely people want to get on board with that and if people want to get on board are you guys using like a hashtag at the moment that if people want to post on instagram and kind of get some momentum that way yeah we're pretty creative around here uh hashtag Catherine outback experience hashtag tom curtain like the window curtain. Yeah, it's not like a window curtain, apparently. <laughs> because there's another few other curtains around. Oh, interesting. The we're still here hashtag doesn't really work for us because it's a big movement in relation to something else over in the US. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you can't... We found out you can't use apostrophes. No, you can't. It kills a hashtag. Yeah, yeah right. It kills the hashtag. But... People can pre-order the hats and the shirts. And the albums. And the album, yeah. Soon. We've just got a few little bugs and it should hopefully be sorted out within the next 48 hours. Yeah, well, we'd love to um, see everyone get their shirts and their hats and post them on social media and keep that going. And we might have to get some, like a central station will order some or we'll do some kind of competition and see if we can get some out there to people. And Yeah. And we just want to say a massive thank you to the people over the years that have come to our shows in Catherine that have supported us on the road, whether they've come to our shows down there or they've put us up or a few fellas in the band they've looked after. There's a lot of hotels and motels and people just gone out of the way to help us find hay for our horses yeah, and things like that. Find paddocks for us to paddocks. allow the horses to stretch their legs yeah. or give the dogs a run. And... It's been amazing, amazing people out there. And, or requested and, your music on yeah, radio, and also the, music channel. takes a village, really. Oh, it's, it does. It's a massive, massive movement, really. And just so grateful that, you know, we did the first two albums, Smack Bang and Heat Wave, and then took a few years off to get all this Catherine out back up and running. And now Territory Time's out and the new one, um, we're still here. The whole album should be out soon. So November fifteenth. Yeah. So just very grateful for all the people that like the music and understand it. And yeah, I'm just very, very grateful for um, you know my wife Annabelle, 
all the support here. We've also got Katrina in the office that um, she does a few days a week here. Um, just a local girl. She's amazing, and she's helped put the whole tour together. I was going to say, we owe this tour to her. Yeah. She has just I've done just, a mammoth job. Because I'll be in the round yard training horses, and I get these tech messages or phone calls from Katrina, and she's um, emailing the people. And a lot of these people that have come to our shows um, in Catherine have written their email addresses to say, listen, you've got to come to our town. Or people have just rung me up and said, hey, I heard you came to this place last year. How about you give our town a, a crack? And it's just gone word of mouth. So that's basically how we've structured it all. And Katrina Lucas is an absolute gun in the office. So I'd better give her a big shout out. And to all the other Catherine Outback team up here. It's just... Um, yeah, I'm not sure what we've created, but... A monster. <laughs> it is a bit of a monster, but it's... It's very rewarding. Love, it's yeah. very special. I think the people interaction, you know, if we can help people, motivate people, inspire people through the music and also through the touring with kids and the Dolly's Dream movement and, you know, the animals, how to train horses and dogs in a kind, safe manner and kids, you know... Um, picking up on these techniques and trying them out for themselves. For me, that's the biggest buzz, you know, to get that and, you know, keep it, tick it along. I think you've created something that not only provides entertainment for the audience, but you've built a sort of, a, I suppose, a community that really provides, puts value back into the community as well because people walk away having learnt something and, and not just being entertained. So Yeah, it's just dawned on me. We haven't actually talked about what the show is on the road. Oh, yeah. We should do that quickly before we wrap this up. Well, hopefully people listen to episode one. If not, please go back and listen, and that gives you a more uh, a bit more detail of what's in the show. But, yeah, quickly run us through what's actually going to happen on the road. Yeah, so people want to come and see you guys. Um, it's, it's a bit of a unique show. It's a bit of a unique show. Um, we have... Um, the first hour is is with the working dogs and the horses and Tom actually does a demonstration of how he trains the working dogs uh, to work as a team and uh, does some demonstrations with the horses and Bree um, will be involved in that as well which is exciting it's really good fun, really hands on for the kids uh, and then that's followed by an hour of live music or something goes a bit longer than an hour uh, and we, we always try and work with a local up-and-coming artists as well where we can uh, and give them the opportunity to to be involved as well so we're pretty excited to have Chris Chris on the team this year because he he will no doubt build out a few songs as well Um, but it's just a really fun family orientated type of event uh, really laid back we try and work with local community groups where we can Um, often we will take the gate and they'll take um, 100% of any uh, profits made from food and drink sales, uh, and it's, it's it's a great way of oh. giving back, isn't it? As you go through each regional, and, yeah. you know, it might be a netball team or a, one of um, the best, best best examples we saw would have been at Ballara, and I want to mention this one because it was just they just like thought outside the square. Um, they knew there were some underprivileged families in their region, and they actually went and sourced funding to sponsor um, seventy five families. I think it was to attend the event and it was the just such an amazing show it was such an, mm. an awesome atmosphere and these people that that would have not even been able to even look at it and gone yeah well, it's an option um, but these guys 
when I sourced that funding and, and uh, handed out those free tickets to them. And it was, it was just beautiful. And it's awesome when you can work with those community groups who do think outside the box like that and, and do uh, amazing, amazing things like that. Catherine Outback experience is, yeah, so much more than a show. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the podcast, guys. Thanks Good for having you. us, Steph. Thanks, Steph. Good on you, mate. Keep up the great work. If you'd like to find out more information about the Catherine Outback Experience Tour, head on over to catherineoutbackexperience.com.au where you'll find the dates. And just a disclaimer, we did list out all those dates and locations in this episode, but they are subject to change. Um, That is the schedule at this point in time. But once tickets go on sale, that'll be more locked in. So just uh, make sure you keep checking the website for those details. And also, as um, Annabelle mentioned towards the end, these events are really geared towards bringing entertainment to rural communities that don't necessarily get other entertainers stopping through. Um, And they also double as, you know, a way to give back to the community by allowing a local group to run the uh, canteen facilities and take all the earnings from that. So if you... Uh, interested in helping sponsor one of these events and helping them get out to your town or to a town that they maybe are already um, coming to and you want to help support that make sure you get in touch with Tom and Annabelle through their website um, because these these sorts of tours and events really can't happen without the support of the communities that they're visiting and the sponsors. There are currently over 1100 compelling true stories on centralstation.net.au which will open your eyes to what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. There are yarns from station managers, ringers, cooks, govies, pilots, vets and more, told with humour, self-deprecation and pride in a job well done. There are tales of working in stock camps, mustering cattle and how education and socialisation works in some of the most remote parts of Australia. There's stories about the wonder of living in an amazing landscape but also the perils that come with flood, fire and drought. And there's stories about the inherent danger of living in isolation, including times when the flying doctor has come to the rescue. These stories paint a vivid picture of outback life, the good, the bad and the dusty.